Hello, horror fans. It's me, Cassandra, and I'm going to go ahead and introduce the ghoul crew. Zane, how are you tonight? Quirky. Kylie, how are you tonight? I'm doing pretty good. Mary, how are you tonight? Marvelous. (laughs) 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 Anyone who who isn't on our YouTube right now should be. Uh, Mary is always bringing the shenanigans. I like how Mary's just like, you know, scary movie vibe going around. But we are the Horrorcraft Podcast. If you could find Mary right now, extra bonus points, let us know. Where's Mary? <laughs> Where's Mary? Where's Mary? Uh, <laughs> there she is. But uh, we are the Horrorcraft Podcast school crew, and we are coming to you live tonight in the continuation of our series, Love Hurts for this month, and we are extra bloody tonight. Because we were talking about yeah, my bloody it's Valentine. that time of the month. <laughs> <laughs> Not that time of the month, but um, it's that time of the month for Harry Warden to come kill people. So if you have I not watched... Something else. <laughs> if you have not watched My Bloody Valentine, we are talking about the two na- 2009 version, not the 1981 version. Um, we originally were going to do the original version, but they took it off streaming. Uh, they did, however, bring it back for the month of February. And um, rude, rude. I know. Rude. As Kylie says, they need to consult us before they start pulling things off. I agree. I mean, really, yep. though. Um, so if you have not watched the 2009 version, go to Tubi right now. It is streaming for free. They are not taking it off anytime soon. I did check before we got on for this episode. So stop, watch it, and come back. If you have not, if you have, then join us. Um, we're about to have some super fun. This is the 15th year anniversary for this movie, which means holy shit, I'm old. So there's that because I saw this in theaters. Um, but we are going to talk about all the good, juicy, bloody bits of my bloody Valentine. So stay away from mines. Avoid the chocolate well, yeah. this holiday season and too late um keep your loved one yeah too too late but keep your loved one close so let's go ahead and get into it and uh cue the music okay guys we are back from our intro if you have not watched my bloody valentine the 2009 version with jensen ackles um, please head on, on over to Tubi and do so. Um, I would highly recommend it. Um, if you have, though, stick with us for a minute. Um, because if you listen to our previous episode with Sydney Hernandez, which kicked off our Love Hurts Month, we did a little game, which was super fun. Kylie did not get to participate in that. But since this movie deals so heavily with iconic parts of valentine's day including the valentine's day heart i thought we'd play a little game called bloody valentine's bites where we are to doing a versus between one or the other with iconic valentine's day accoutrements as you will so let me go ahead and get this started would you prefer chocolates versus chocolate strawberries who wants to go first 
Chocolate chocolate strawberries. Yeah, I'm a I'm a chocolate strawberry person. I like chocolate, but chocolate and strawberry together. And now they got the cheese. I don't know why you would pick chocolates because you're taking something away from yourself. Because with chocolate strawberries, you're gonna get the chocolate. Right, and now they have the not as much. But if you have the cheesecake filled ones, then then you got like the whole. That's a double whammy. Yeah, that's, that's a double way. Yeah, that is a thing. Cake, strawberry, and chocolate. Yeah, yeah. yeah if, it's, if it's the cheesecake filled ones, yes, I am yeah. so in. But if it's that, I prefer chocolate truffles. Um, so you no, know, they do have chocolate strawberries that are uh filled with cheesecake, and it is just it's They're everything. So good. Yes. So going on to flowers, roses or a mixed bouquet. Um, this could be like a mix of flower of any flowers. Are we straight roses? See, I'm straight nothing, so I'm just gonna say a mix of flowers because I myself am a mixed bouquet. True. Dude, True I like plants, but huh? I like plants. I like plants. Yeah, too, so that's why I said mixed. Um, yeah. I. I am a sucker for a big thing of roses. Now, I have been cruel uh, towards red roses in the past because, to be honest, I feel like red roses sometimes lack imagination. Um, yeah. However, um, if you're like Jim, we make this joke with Jim all the time that he'll only give me flowers at my funeral. And it's just it's just a playful joke. Like, nobody get twisted. Jim does give me flowers from time he to does. time. It's just not his jam however i have these like holographic ones that he's bought me um that are you like the roses. rose bear yes and i have like bears that are like made of roses and stuff but um i like a nice like white or pink bouquet of flowers i feel or yeah. roses i feel like that's more that's more the vibe or like Get the black creative ones. with it yeah yeah like i just feel like red is great but like I just want a little like creativity. You know my favorite color. You know my vibe. Like get that. That's just that's what I'm saying. So all um, black. One year, one year for Valentine's Day, Dakota got me um a succulent growing kit. Ooh, Ooh. now that's, that's a good idea. Great. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Now did did I did I grow them? Did they grow into no, no? They take forever and they are very difficult. They like are. I have one and Bro. I'm so proud of it. I've had it for almost a year and it's still going. And if you can't get the plants, go to a Squishmallow. There are there aren't very many people that I have not met that don't like a good Squishmallow. Like I at the end of the day, they're just they're just they're great. So, but um, okay. So, a funny Valentine's Day card or a romantic Valentine's Day card? Which one? funny i guess because but me and my husband don't do valentine's day oh okay yeah we go like <laughs> like an anti-valentine day or... like we're just like we're not gonna pick one day a year just to show each, um, other, each other we love each other all year long and he goes and we already have an anniversary which we always forget <laughs> so <laughs> we're not do not take couple points from us we're not very good at the whole status quo. <laughs> Kylie, what about you? Well, I like romantic, but when I get it, usually get a card from Dakota, 
it's both. It, like, I'm going to be crying because of how sweet it is mm-hmm. or something he says, but there's going to be, you, you know, there's going to be something hilarious in it. Yeah, I feel like with Valentine's Day, I appreciate one that's more of like the thoughtful kind of card, like something that maybe like either inside joke. So it could say something funny, like I have gotten Jim a Valentine's Day card before where like roses are red, violet or blue. I like your butt and you should too. Um, I, And I wrote like this big thing about how much I loved him and stuff inside, but um. I kind of feel like if you have an inside joke or something like that, like that's cool, but it's just more or less the thought. Like, I feel like if it's just more of a cookie cutter, I'm kind of a little bit like, you know, if you phoned at home and we've been together for a while, that might be a little bit of a red flag, just saying. So I feel like Valentine's day gets a bad rap because everyone automatically thinks couples Uh, in my family, like, my grandparents gave Valentine's gifts. We gave them Valentine's gifts. I gave my friend gifts. My parents got me stuff. Like it, it more or less to me is just a day to celebrate every single person in your life that you love. I also kind of agree with like Mary says, like Jim and I have an anniversary that's a month after this. Uh, and normally it's kind of more of just a continuation. So it's like Valentine's day is wonderful and we do kind of do it big for each other, but then we also do the same thing throughout the whole yeah. year. And, and so, yeah, yeah, my parents, anyone my that parents likes it, there's no shade at them. That's just, that's just us. Right. We're not like super anti. It's just kind of like, it's not a big deal to us, but I am a sucker for a sweet story. Like I love romantic stuff. Like, so I want to hear everybody else's. <laughs> True. Um, Zane, what about you? I prefer funny. Yeah. Yeah. Funny is the funny is the way to go. So if you are going out on a date for Valentine's Day, would you prefer a thoughtful date, which could be something out of more of the status quo, more geared towards maybe what you like or showing initiative through that person, or a fancy dinner? I'm gonna go with thoughtful. 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 I couldn't do a stuck-up place like. Yeah, I. I mean, I. We've done fancy dinners like we'll yes. go out and we'll do a dinner like we've done Cheesecake Factory and stuff like that before. I mean, people are, are like Cheesecake Factory isn't fancy. Well, listen, I've never Factory. been there, and I've yeah. always wanted to go there. <laughs> yeah, che- Cheesecake Factory for us is a little bit fancy, just because yeah. it's like. It, we go to like the bougier part of like with Lakewood and we go to Crocker Park, which is like a bougier neighborhood and we go and we have fun. Um, but yeah, I kind of like a more thoughtful date. Like one of Jim and I's first dates, we literally went to Cece's Pizza on a coupon with Brayden because Brayden could get in free. And then we walked Crocker Park afterwards and um, we went to the bookstore and went and oh walked my gosh. around you got me but our biggest thing too was like we went to trader joe's that's one of our thing where we go into trader joe's because we don't have one near us and like we do the wine sampling and they had like little samples and stuff and we would get we would each pick out like a unique snack then come home and chill out um but i prefer something like that um or like a unique experience. Like I would love to do take Jim on a date to go do the haunted house restaurant in Cleveland. 
uh, just as a horror fan, um, especially because I would love to be able to be like, hey, it's his birthday and have them do like the whole purge <laughs> thing to him and have yeah. a bunch of crazy people and stuff. But I feel like dates are whatever you make it. So uh, um, no shade. I mean, if somebody brought a CeCe's pizza as a date and a, a thing of roses, I think there was like a thing that went on a while ago, like ladies would you accept that date of course i would because that meant that that person actually put some thought into right. like what if they can only afford to do that flowers and a pizza what if that's all they can yeah. do at the moment it's not about the cost of the date; it's no. the quality of the date mm-hmm. yeah i've had some... a... go ahead one day brought home steak and eggs because it's it's hard for it like we don't go out on dates like we don't get to go out and do a whole lot of stuff but he wanted to spend us spend time together and the boys went into their rooms and washed their tablets and he made the steak and eggs and it was the best yeah. i would take that i would t- i would take that over a fancy or anything yeah yeah maybe like hear- maybe no no kids but yeah it was wonderful because what if that person felt obligated to take you to a fancy dinner and put themselves in debt rather than just mm-hmm. do something that you both could enjoy without maxing yeah. out whatever you have? I mean, yeah, and I, um, ju- I mean, Kylie kind of just uh, lightly just touched on something a minute ago, but like for a lot of parents who have special needs children. Brayden's 11 now and we just in the last year have been able to have like dates one-on-one because Brayden has started doing sleepovers and stuff which is something we never thought we would be able to do but he's got a couple of really good friends who who their parents are kind of in the same boat or they know how you know what Brayden needs and stuff so they're able to handle that so we're able to go and do things but it does take a lot of thought like I bought $20 lawn tickets for rob zombie and i had to buy that in advance schedule a babysitter schedule a backup babysitter because it was an overnight and like we just did it very cheaply we got a, a moderate hotel that wasn't like the fanciest in the world and you know it was it was just kind of one of those things we had to plan in advance but a lot of our dates do have Braden because we yeah. don't really have much of an opportunity to not have Braden. So when we do, like, we try to do certain things, but also, too, our child is 11, and we are very busy people, and uh, if we get the opportunity to, like, sleep in for a night, we're probably going to do that, because we're probably running on E that week, and it's just a good idea. So I think it's what you make it. Like, a lot of times, I'll be like, hey, Jim, you want to want to watch an episode of Cops together? And Jim may make like the 30 minute threshold for cops, but then like fall asleep with like both cats on him. But that's, that's him. Like, yeah, I can't, I can't, you know, I understand because we're always go, go, go. But I, I don't like it where people are like, oh, if your kids are there, it's not a date. No, my kid is with me all the time. Like if my kid is not with me, like that's maybe one out of like a thousand times you see me well you'll see me without Brayden like normally Brayden is with me even if I'm doing events normally Brayden is with me like it takes a lot of work to not have Brayden with me um and I just enjoy having my child around me especially Jim too so I think 
as parents, you can kind of decide whatever date you want to make. So that was my little, my little soapbox, my little tangent, as Zane and Mary would like to tell me. So this last one, I pretty much know what everyone's going to say with this, but I had to ask if you are having a Valentine's Day date, which movie genre would you pick? Horror movies or romantic comedies? Horror movies. Horror movies. Can I change it up? I would like a romantic horror movie. Ooh. Ooh. Snap. Yep. Snap, snaps. Or if it's a romantic movie, I want it to be like drippingly romantic in the way of like pride and you know like pride and prejudice the um kira knightley version where that's like every single scene of that just oozes romance or like um you know if you're into like the spicier side of book talk you know you you watch here minutes. she goes here she goes. No, you don't know where I'm going with this. I'm going with yes, you. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I'm with you. Um, if you are on the, like the, the spicier side of book talk, 365 days. I that's what I knew what she was going to say. Although I can't say that because I just want to say I do like those movies, but I do have a problem with the fact that they include cheating in that timeline because you can't just like introduce somebody that is like possessive and like he's going to kidnap her and stuff and then she's just going to cheat on him like I, I understand like either it's Stockholm or we're, we're bouncing like we got to pick a lane here we can't just be like after such a time we do not I'm, condone Stockholm syndrome <laughs> we do we're not just saying that we do not um but no I mean or like some like the after movies I watched those I don't like those as much the beautiful disaster that came out with I think it was Cole Sprouse instead of Dylan Sprouse because I know Dylan does no it was Dylan um because Cole Sprouse does like the Riverdale and stuff but he had a like a romantic movie kind of in the vein of after so if it's something like that where it's kind of like amped up okay I get that but a romantic horror movie Dracula 1000% I knew she was gonna say that too (laughs) so I had Yes. I had a date with a, a gentleman who, it, his name was the same name as a certain character in a horror movie, and our first date was Possession. Oh, you know, that's a solid not date. A, not, not the, no, I was completely pale at the end of the movie. I was stone cold. I was terrified. Yeah, see, I just feel like there are a bunch of different, like, horror movies, I feel like, are my wheelhouse anyways. Jim kind of knows that. Jim, when we started dating, it was like, listen, this this is my Roman Empire. Like, this is the hill that I die upon. Like, I will watch horror movies all the time. Can you accept this? Because when guys first hear that, they think, oh, cool, she likes horror movies. They don't think about They don't people... understand. Yeah, they don't they, understand. They they kind of don't understand the people who are super, super into horror movies like us. And they're like, okay, after the fifth time of watching this, like what it is. Like literally 
we were talking in the group chat the other night and Mary said something about the crow and she geared it toward me because she knows that that was my favorite movie. And literally as she's saying this, I am watching the crow. <laughs> I no, literally great. was watching there's it. A, there's only a certain amount of movies that will continue to play at Cassandra's house. That yeah. is the number one. Law yes. and Order is the second one. <laughs> yeah, the mummy. Or cops. Cops. Uh, there's a lot. I mean, um, my son and my soon-to-be husband watches a lot of Bruce Do, which is this really crazy cartoon thing that I they will literally laugh like hyenas, and I'm just like, I don't understand why you guys think this is so funny. But then Brayden and I will watch these cat videos and die like that trend that, that was going around are so nice. The trend that was going around with the cats, where it was like the meow, and then the we need more glitter. Brian and I watched so many of those videos and then did it with our own cats, but like literally cackling in the middle of the night. So yeah. So I, listen, I have ADHD. There are certain things in my brain that are on replay. That's one of them. But yeah, uh, the crow, Dracula, I keep it or, you know, we're watching Vanderpump rules or, you know, real housewives, something like that, you know, diversified days of our lives. Uh, Mary and I get only into. because there are shirtless men in it. Yes, yes. I mean, why else do people watch soap operas? Let's be honest. Which tying back <laughs> to the, I don't know. Tying back to this, Mary Jensen Ackles played Eric Brady. I know. That's where I first fell in love with him. I did not know that when I watched Supernatural. I was like, Eric. <laughs> so getting so now that we're kind of uh, getting away from our questions and getting into the movie yes uh jensen ackles uh plays a titular character in this movie um this came out in the same year that jared padalaki also did a 1980s remake which he did friday the 13th um and i think a lot of people like they recognize jared padalaki and jensen ackles from supernatural but um, both Jensen and Jared have done multiple horror movies. Um, you know, J uh, Jensen did this one. And I think Devour was another one. He did a couple like 90s horror movies. Yes, yes. Yeah. I forgot about. I liked actually my favorite movie he was in besides this one was, um, was it, was it six inch or five inch sub or something? And it was like he worked in a, that's where he met his wife actually. It was a story. He played a punk and they were uh, worked in a sandwich shop. Oh, <laughs> it's really funny. So, right. um, random. Jared Padalecki, he did obviously Friday the 13th, which was the last Friday the 13th movie we've got be before all the Friday the 13th craziness. Um, for those of you who didn't know, that was the last movie made because. Somebody owns the image of Jason while somebody else owns the Friday the 13th name and they were battling out for years. Um, so now it looks like we will be getting a newer one. Um, but that was like the first time Jason returned to form. And a lot of people really liked it along with this one. I uh, loved it. Yeah. We'll oh, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. But Jared also did Cry Wolf and House of Wax, which House of Wax was say, another. House, wasn't he in House of Wax? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and that's that was one of my. That's one of my favorites. House of Wax. Maybe. Yeah, and that was a big one during that time. So, um, 
But a lot of people gave him and both Jared Padalecki crap because they were remaking 90, uh, 1980 horror movies um, and two really big ones, My Bloody Valentine and Friday the 13th. However, they both kind of carved their own way into this movie. So um, there are also some other faces in this movie. We have uh, the amazing Tom Adkins in this movie as a, a titular role as well. For those of you who don't recognize him, he played in The Fog. I mean, he is literally like the OG of OGs. Like Tom Adkins has been in everything. Oh, we are the fog. We are living the Adrian Barbeau fog dream in this podcast right now. So thank you, Adrian Barbeau, for that role. We praise mm-hmm. you. So um, I'm just going to quickly synopsize this movie. And I really want to get into talking about the ways that it kind of differs from the original. Because a lot of people think that this is a cut and paste replica of the original when it is wholly different. Uh, totally different. Ori- yeah. Um, and also talking about the 3D technology, because this was in 3D. I saw it in theaters with 3D. And I could tell you mm-hmm. that's an experience. So we will definitely get into it. So this movie is about a mine. Um, does anybody have any family members that used to work in a mine? Nothing that I'm aware of. Yeah, my grandfather was a miner. Uh, my great-grandfather in Virginia way back in the day. That's what he did before he came up here. And he was a auto worker um, for GM. And um, I remember him talking about like being in the mines and stuff like that. So that automatically is like a creepy image to me because I could not imagine. I also associate mines with Scooby-Doo. It's like minor 49er. <laughs> yeah. And I always thought like they missed out on making a Scooby-Doo ride that was in a mine because like that would be like making itself hopefully we could one day get a scooby-doo land because that would be fantastic that would be the dream but who knows uh but the other part of me thinks about this because this movie it just everything you ever think about with mines it does with this movie like you get people getting caught in an accident in the mine being trapped You've got violence happening, all the claustrophobia, everything that you guys have, like every deep, dark fear you could think about being stuck somewhere, this movie has. Um, So this movie begins where we see an accident that happened in the mine, and it claimed the lives of certain people. Um, Only one person made it out, which is Harry Warden. Um... And our character, Tom, he's a newbie. He forgets to do a critical part of um, the mine process, which is why the whole mine caves in. Um, At least that's what they think. And so Harry Warden is in a coma. He wakes up a year later on Valentine's Day and goes on a rampage and decides to terrorize the local kids who are in the mine during valentine's day and um tom is one of them his girlfriend and axel and axel's girlfriend at the time uh run off leaving him behind and he is kind of there when harry gets shot and so we see him 10 years later coming back he's kind of 
a different person since then. He has not been back since that whole accident. And he has to come back to settle his father's affairs. And he learns that Axel and the love of his life got married and had a kid. And Axel is a fuckboy. Can we all agree that Axel is yeah. a fuckboy? Yeah. Like, I, I'm so mad at it, too, because the actor who plays axel he is so like he is a 90s staple you know he was in dawson's creek i remember him appearing on roswell you know he's in final destination and he's in one of my underrated uh vampire movies which is the forsaken um he is in that movie yes yeah yes so i love him anything i've seen him in yeah he he, is a fuck boy but he is because he so it's crazy, and I just want to go on a slight tangent, just a mini tangent, Zane. You could, it's just a mini. Um, but um, <laughs> like he was gonna be sick for a minute. Like, oh, there she goes. Just, uh, a, just. A- but the girl that he cheats on her with is not the most attractive, especially a, like up against her. And something I was watching recently in a Charlotte Dobry video that she did about was shout out to Charlotte Dobry because she's fucking amazing. If you've never watched her video, she's hilarious. But she does some like cheater compilation, like TikTok ones. And there's a woman on TikTok who is like, men who never deserved you in the first place that you were like settling that knew that they didn't deserve you will cheat on you in the first place. Like because of the fact that they realized the whole time that you are like way out of their league and Mm -hmm. so automatically it sets their bar so low that it makes them feel entitled to cheat and I feel like in this case that kind of proves it in this like reality of the movie um because he clearly wanted her in the beginning like even in front of his girlfriend at the time and like hated Tom for like having her And as soon as Tom gets out of the picture, he gets her as a child with her and still is like that younger girl that works at the the grocery store with you. I'm going to fuck her. I'm going to put a baby in her. And when he tells, she tells him that she's going to have his baby, he's like, oh, fuck. And it's like, literally, what the fuck do you think was going to happen? You were a younger person. Like, what do you want? So... Megan, which is funny because the actress name is Megan Boone. Um, but Megan, uh, yeah. I'm just going to say girls named Megan are sketchy and it's always a girl named Megan that she, that your man cheats on you with. I don't want to co-sign on. on that, but I actually feel like that's but a you, but yeah, I know, I know but, but, but yeah. that aren't like that. <laughs> you, I don't. I it's mean, not, not happened to me. Yeah, not all magazine has not happened to me personally, but I mean, like, it, you got is there's some truth to this? Okay, you guys will not know what I'm talking about when I talk about this, but it's almost like Scandaval with like Vanderpump's rules. I'm a Vanderpump rules fan, and like that was fizzling out, and then Scandaval happens where Tom Sandoval he's in a relationship with Ariana for years. And Bravo, I mean, people were like, oh, Bravo made that happen. No, Bravo, if Bravo knew about that, you would get every single piece of video footage of that happening. But while they're filming, she finds out, like, organically that her friend is cheating on her 
uh, you know, with her boyfriend on her and like finds out that in the craziest way. Huge. It was everywhere. It, and rightfully so. Up. Yeah. And I mean, it's still because 10 months later, he's still like not owning up to the fact that he's was a skeetball for that. But like, if you ever see a picture of Ariana from Vanderpump Rules, she is a fucking beautiful woman. Beautiful. And the person that he cheats on her with is like a cupcake. Like she's a pretty woman. Like she she did pageants and stuff. But compared to who you had that so like those vibes like you knew you, you had a gem seven tier cake and you had her with the cake ball yeah yeah it's skeevy i've always felt that way with the whole shania twain thing when her husband cheat who cheats on shania twain right <laughs> and <laughs> you know what's funny is shania twain was like you know what yahtzee motherfucker because she then after yes. the, after the woman because the woman who cheated on Shania, Twain, uh, Shania Twain's husband cheated on her with was her best friend. Yep. They get divorced. Shania Twain's best friend and her husband get divorced. And then Shania Twain dates her ex-best friend's ex-husband. And they get together and get married and have been happy ever since. Yep. Period. So it's kind of like you lose them the way you got them so oh yeah oh yeah you so, lose them the way you got them i just had to interject because i will say that that's one of the biggest reasons that i do not like axel in this also to the fact that he kind of feels like entitled to be upset at the fact that tom's kind of coming for yeah. sarah um even though he's the one who's fucking around um but yeah, like the audacity of this stupid stupid man yeah, so like I just said, he's messing around with a, a girl named Megan, finds out she's pregnant. Um, the minute Tom gets back, crazy things start happening. Like um Axel's ex Irene gets killed in the same motel. Um, it's very vicious. Um, again, we'll talk about like the way that the 3D kind of pops through with this movie. Um, but Tom does not get a really warm welcome because he is going to sell the mine and people are pissed. And it's one of those small towns that thrive on this. So everyone is just not in his court. So they automatically distrust him and they think that he is the killer. And we see parts where it kind of vindicates him and where he's not the killer. So we get forward where a lot of people end up dying. Um, hearts are being sent in the Valentine's Day heart. And we get to the point where Sarah gets attacked in the grocery store um, with Megan. Megan gets killed. And um, Axel's kind of like, you know, she's like, he's probably after you. And he's like, what do you mean? Because you're you like basically saying, because you're cheating on me, asshole. Like, that's why he would kill the mother of your child like and the whole time like megan was sarah's employee which made it utmost worse because like yep. they were around his kids it was just bad and axel is the sheriff in this town so tom is like no it is harry warden he's come back and we really start to believe tom tom picks sarah up in the hospital they go on a car ride axel's like hey you can't trust him 
he is he went to a mental facility I'm pretty sure he did something and Sarah like sits on it for a minute fucks the car up by just going like taking the steering wheel and like (laughs) and she realizes that neither one of them are probably being honest and so they end up going to Tom's cabin and she finds a ton of hearts and you know it's just like a whole mess so she doesn't know she ends up getting to the mine at some point she doesn't know who to trust and our our boy Tom slips up and kind of shows his telling card because he knows about Megan's death and nobody knew about Megan's death unless they were there. And so Tom sees Harry Warden, which is actually a delusion in his head. And it is the whole time that because Harry Warden died in front of him and caused so much trauma, he took on the split personality of Harry Warden. So uh, Sarah and Axel fuck him up. He gets buried in the mine. And then we see one of the people who are trying to like refuge through rummage through the mine stuff ends up stumbling upon Tom. Tom kills him, takes his stuff and gets out of the mine. And we see him walking away. Um, So that is the synopsis of My Bloody Valentine. We kind of leave it there. Tom got away. Nobody knows what happened from there, and that's where it was left. So, um, what did you guys think when watching this? Um, I first saw it in theater, so and that one 3D was not like a thing yet. Like it was, but it wasn't. There was it wasn't as fine tuned as it is now. Yeah, but this one was great, great in the theater. I jumped so many times. What was interesting was oh, rewatching it. Cause I really, I seen it a f- couple times since then because I, I love Jensen, and um, but the kills don't scare you as much watching it at home <laughs> without yeah. that 3D effect. Yeah, no, the the this was probably the best use of that 3D technology around that time. I've seen a couple movies in 3D, and Probably the three best were this, um, The Hobbit, the second Hobbit movie I watched in 3D, um, which I would not advise if you have arachnophobia because nobody warns you about the the whole spider part that was like taking, like, listen, I'm a diehard Lord of the Rings fan. I made it through Shelob, that part of the movie, like Return of the King. Um, I did not expect a whole 20 minutes of just spiders coming from all ends and you're watching it in 3D glasses. <laughs> not experienced. Uh, but uh, but yeah. And uh, Resident Evil. Um, I think it was the one. I liked oh, Alice in Wonderland. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, but... I forgot that we saw that in, together in 3D. That was, that actually was pretty... pretty good in 3D. Yeah, but I mean like action wise, those were probably yeah. like the top tier. Like the Resident Evil I, I'm trying to think of which one it was. I will look it up. I think it was um, it's the fourth one. But um, it was like the prison and they brought in the gu- the big guys with like the almost the Silent Hill looking like with the pyramids and stuff like that. Um that in 3D was crazy because you had like those giant motherfuckers that are literally like slicing and stuff. So it's kind of almost this vibes. But Zane, this was your first time watching it. What did you think? I liked it. I mean, it, 
I liked it because of Jason Eccles, but yeah, Jensen. Yeah, too. I kind of um had a problem with why is it in most scary movies that people either fall down when they're being chased or trying to open a locked door and not getting in. Like, okay, you see it doesn't turn, move on. Yeah, yeah. you know what's or crazy? Just completely like, freeze. Or yeah. just completely freeze and like not like you're yeah. just gonna I had problems okay. with some of the some of these so issues. the choice uh, before I get in um to our next segment, the choice that the woman um Irene running naked um through the, all of that and stuff, that was actually conceived by the actual actress. The actress that played Irene Betsy Rue, she actually came up with that whole scene. It was her first time doing a naked scene and on film. And she thought that people would be so scared by the, like she, and she is right. You're so scared by the fact the first time you see him like charge after her and stuff and like all the stuff that's going on, you kind of forget for a while after the initial shock that she's like fully butt ass naked, just running around. Like you kind of forget that, but then you when like when he gets closer to her and stuff, you're like, you have no shield. From him, like ripping you open. Nothing. This Nothing. this was not a good decision. <laughs> so, <laughs> nope. Uh, Kylie, what was your initial thoughts when you first saw this? Um, I did not see it in theaters. I saw it on um, like a bootleg DVD, like when people were pirate. Yeah, that was my first time watching back it back in the day. Yeah, back in the day. Yeah, yep. yeah. I always loved it because it was like. Based on Valentine's Day, my bloody Valentine makes Valentine's Day creepy. And a lot of people, when this first came out, they didn't realize that this was uh, based on no original film. Um, So we will definitely get into it. But let's talk about our friends over at Magic Mind. If you are stuck in a mine and you need energy, Magic Mind is your friend. No, but seriously, um. Fans mind. Uh, Magic Mind is a incredible product. Uh, they have been a continued sponsor of this podcast, which we really appreciate. It is a natural energy shot uh, that you can use in conjunction with your favorite caffeinated beverage or just however you like to start the day and gives you a little boost with matcha and lion's mane mushroom and all of these crazy, amazing organic um just ingredients that make you just super hyped up. So if you need an energy boost, like our friend Harry Warden, um, to jog through, I mean, that man was super banned. So he probably was taking some <laughs> magic mind on the low. Like, let's be honest. Um, he, was, he was definitely, he needed an energy boost. So if you need an energy boost to keep you through the day, um, for non-murderous intentions, this will definitely help. Um, they are amazing and you can use our code which is horrorcraft20 and our unique link which will be down below in conjunction with the promotions that they have going on currently they did end their new year's promotion but they always have different things going on and our code is always stackable with the sale that they have going on um but if you try this and you like this please let us know um we definitely want to know what you guys think about this and um, it's just a great way to start the day, keeps you calm, 
just kind of helps you not be so jittery. Um, as everyone knows, I am a big proponent of natural caffeine. I do drink Coke Zero like nobody's business. Um, but when it comes to energy drinks or energy shots, I am really kind of even yeah, weirded out about it. Coke to me is a little bit easier to think about because Coke has been around for decades yeah, and I'm it's... not proponing, I'm not saying that that's everyone's journey because it's just my journey. That's fine. But definitely give these a try, especially if you are a fan of uh, energy drinks and are trying to calm down on them. This is a great transition. Um, please let the people at Magic Mind know that they we sent you and let us know if you like it down in the comments. But yes, keep you powered through Valentine's Day, whether you have a crush or you have a date with a bloody Valentine. So try out our friends at Magic Mind. Uh, thank you, Magic Mind, for partnering with us as always and keeping us energized for all the Valentine's Day shenanigans we have to come forward. Uh, so moving on to the movie. So we just talked about it. They had the original 1981 film. A lot of people thought either this was a direct like copycats because this came out in 2009, which let's talk about like early 2000s, 2000 to 2009. We saw a lot of like copy and paste uh, remakes and this kind of got lopped in with that. Um, I don't think it was deservedly so the if anyone has seen the original 1981 my bloody valentine it is currently streaming on pluto tv i would highly encourage you to go watch it if it is not streaming i know that it constantly runs on sale on voodoo for like five bucks which is normally like what a rental would cost like 3.99 so for a dollar more you can own it um the original my bloody valentine is a completely different movie um it does have a Tom, like there is an actual Tom in this, but it, it's not the Tom character. The character's name is TJ and he's the one that comes back into town after failing to make it big in California, comes back to the mine. Axel has taken his girlfriend and there's a whole different story. So the whole story is the mine did collapse. There was a Valentine's Day party going on during that time period and people died and the supervisors that were supposed to be watching out for it were at the Valentine's Day party. So when they un, they dig everyone out, only one person survived. And that was Harry Warden. And he turned into a cannibal and ate everyone. So they do not advocate having a Valentine's Day party for like 20 years because they're afraid of him coming back. Because the legend is, is he came back the following year and cut out the heart of both the supervisors who failed the people that got dug under the mind. And these spicy young individuals decide, hey, we're going to have a Valentine's Day party. If you think the kills are bad in this movie, for 1981, the kills in the original is horrific. We're talking laundry, like the the... The kill that happens in this movie with the laundry with the maid, that's actually based on the original one because there is a character that is in the laundromat that's trying to like get decorations and he stabs her and puts her in the laundry machine and it's just going with her body for like a whole oh. day. 
Oh, so, yeah. um, I mean, no, oh. on that one. <laughs> oh. yeah, that was foul. It was that was foul. Yeah, and it was worse. But yeah, there's a lot bloodier deaths. Um, the mine is a lot bigger of a part in the original because the last 45 minutes is of the Harry Warden character going after all the individuals who decided to do the Valentine's Day party at the mine um, because the Valentine's Day party does get shut down and these individuals decide, hey, we're going to go ahead and do it at the mine. Ends up not being a good idea. There is a, a, the kills in this again, like they did the laundry one, but there's actually a kill where like somebody's head gets put in a pot and it's just like body parts are everywhere so the worst part is is when they decide to go in the mine and people are dropping like flies um but really what happens is in the original axel is the killer like he dies and people thinks that he's dead and then he pops up in the end and one of the scariest and we're talking about me here who watches a ton of horror movies this has to be one of the scariest endings to me because for a whole 15 minutes he is back in part of one of the mines they're trying to get to him and he is dying and he is literally losing his shit it is like if you think of black christmas where the the killer is on the phone and he's saying all those lewd things that guy is literally doing that for 15 minutes to the people that are out like Axel and his girlfriend and he's losing his shit. And what we find out is Harry Warden killed um, one of Axel's parents. His dad was one of the, the supervisors and he saw his dad get killed by Harry Warden. And that's why he. I like that a lot better. I kind of wish they would have kept that, honestly. Yeah, they switched it up, and I think a big part of that is it makes it a better story in a way, especially with Jensen Ackles, who is probably really good at being a good but really secretly bad guy. And I think a lot of people weren't expecting that twist. I wasn't. Um, and Yeah, I wasn't. And they kind of used the whole plot device of, oh he's mentally unstable that makes him automatically the killer well it ends up being true because his personality did split but it, it ends up being a deeper conversation i think because it doesn't it talks about kind of lightly doesn't talk about his mental illness in the best way but also too kind of really does talk in the end about how trauma just really fucking bombs us because his whole yeah. personality split seeing the people be killed like seeing him be killed in front of him and like to have to look in somebody's eyes when they die and you know this person is fucking insane like that would fuck you up see this is what's wrong with me you feel i feel bad you feel bad yeah at the end that's how i felt like honestly until he gets away but i mean still though i kind of i i kind of root for him in this though i don't think axel is the simple i think none of the people that yeah. get killed except for the maid um are clean characters in this like they're not yeah like i'm not saying that megan yeah. deserved to be killed because she was throwing it around promiscuous 
Yeah. And I, I'm not saying that to Irene either. I think those were probably just like, but the people that get killed because of the fact of what they did, like that's a whole yeah. deeper. Like Ben in the beginning, like creeping on uh, Megan or Sarah. Mm -hmm. ew, ew, ew. Yeah. Ew. So I was looking it up from what you said something a little earlier and I found it. They actually had a sequel made before like well the script was made before this movie was released but because it didn't have the greatest response Lionsgate canceled doing the sequel but it was supposed to be where it was more psychological and they were going to bring back survivors and they also planned to kill off Sarah and they were going wow. more to the backstories of the people and stuff and I'm like, because I always wonder because the way it ended, right? It was it left so it open. open. I mean, that makes sense because at the time, Lionsgate that was late two thousands. They had a lot of like movies that they pumped out that were more remakes that people did not gravitate towards. I mean, look again. Let's go back to Jared Padalecki. He arguably had one of the better return to form for Friday the Thirteenth. A lot mm -hmm. of people gave that movie shit because it was more of like, oh, a cash grab because they're they're capitalizing on Jared Padalecki's name. You know, he's a young, fresh star. You remember him on Gilmore Girls and all these other things with the CW. And he's this guy and he had done, you know, House of Wax. People didn't look at the fact that in reality, it ended up being one of the better follow ups for Friday the 13th. Like it was the first movie because. The original Friday the 13th, Jason isn't even really in it. It's his mom the whole time. Um, this was the first like Friday the 13th, the actual like coming back to form where Jason is the killer. He is the killer. And a lot of people forget the whole MO for Jason is killing young teens because a young teen is the one that was responsible for him drowning. And that's the kind of mentality his mom put in his head, too. Because you see that in the first one when she is the killer. Like, oh, you teens should have known better. Like, she's kind of that mom in Carrie where, you know, the mom in Carrie is kind of pumping Carrie up with these old school values. That's, yeah. um, that's Friday the 13th. That's Jason's mom. Um, but this was the first time we really got one of those. But I think people were... Oh, it's splashy. It's late 2000s. It's sex and violence. And we get the part where the Willa Ford is in the boat and she gets killed and, her, you know, her breasts are exposed and people got kind of like sidelined. They kind of forget, though, that Jared Padalecki and his sister make it out. And the whole like point of that was his sister kind of took on that role of Jason's mom and kind of deceived Jason the same way that um, the character, I think it was in the third movie did where, or I think it was the second movie where she took on, you know, Mrs. Voorhees stuff and like convinced him that. That's right. Yeah. So a lot of people like think, oh my God, like how could they? But realistically, that's probably the best jason iteration that we could have gotten like 
even people who like, I like Freddy versus Jason, but I also realized that that's kind of cheesy too at the same time. Like, and it was meant yeah. to be that way. But this, I mean, the first 20 minutes of the new Friday the 13th, the 2009 version, Jason burns a woman alive in a sleeping bag. And then literally zero to 100. Yeah. Like literally, literally, literally. And so I'm like, I think people give these movies a hard time because 2000s were littered with sequels, littered with tons of different sequels. But yeah. And I think people kind of mistakenly were like, okay, well, this is just another one of those cash grabs. They really weren't like yeah, some of the things are similar in this movie, the Friday the 13th, but it's really so far differently removed from the original that I think it kind of stands on its own. I think the original can be its own thing. Like anybody who hasn't seen the original, you go back and you watch the last 20 minutes, that shit will haunt you for the rest of your life. Like literally the man who plays Axel in the original terrified a whole generation of fucking human beings like he literally loses his fucking mind um and this is coming from somebody who is like seen movies like seen a ton of shit and re-watching my bloody valentine a couple years ago as an adult whoa i had to sleep with the lights on i'm gonna be honest mm-hmm. like just hearing his voice like because it's more psychological because like he's literally fucking terrifying uh the people in there but um let's talk about 3d this movie um this movie was made for 3d like let's be honest it really was yeah just brought that up because i was just looking up you know my fact check and um i was looking up um about the 3d and how different it was to film it and how they thought this was going to be the big boom that yeah. all movies horror movies yeah. are being in 3d and everything yeah, this was the first the first r-rated 3d movie yeah mm-hmm. it was and really they did expect it to be it did kind of become something more though that ended up being for like um action movies and stuff like that but i mean like there were a bunch of saw movies that were in 3d um for the time for lionsgate but um i don't think they had a good reception to it being in 3d which is kind of horrible because i think it's good on its own with the 3d though i think they know that that is being done and they did a lot of really cool shots that i think as a horror fan yeah are just yeah very immersive and i think we're very cool and very thought driven like it wasn't just some kind of film where they were like it's a horror film we're just gonna throw in this 3d no they they thought no. about the way that some of the it shots were tastefully done yeah like oh, yeah. You, i thought they did a great job with it yeah mm-hmm. like when the axe is coming at you yeah like during certain yeah. points you and stuff know, like that and you don't know if they're gonna use that as yeah or certain things just pop out of nowhere and all of a sudden you're just like, oh, that that was in 3D. Yeah. Especially when you're <laughs> watching this at home and you don't have the technology for 3D at home. It's If you want to see something cool, go on to YouTube, type in Universal Halloween Horror Nights, My Bloody Valentine. Um, they had a whole house um, that was made based on this. 
and it is fucking crazy. I watched this, I think it was two nights ago when we were prepping for this, and I probably would have pissed myself seeing that in person, but as a fan, it's really cool. all bodily functions. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, if somebody's following you with a, you know, like an axe, and it's a minor, and you know... Even this though is, you know it's fake, it still unleashes that real fear. It yeah, it's different. It does. So yeah. yeah, um, it's funny though. Then too, because this is called My Bloody Valentine. There was an episode of Supernatural that was named My Bloody Valentine. Um, if you feel like this film looks familiar, um, because of the way that it shot, like the town and everything. That's because it was filmed in the state adjacent to us. The film was shot in Pennsylvania because it allowed the production crew to take advantage of the state's tax incentives for filmmaking. So, and Pennsylvania was a, uh, had a lot of mining towns as well as Virginia, Mm -hmm. um, Ohio had, Southern Ohio had some of them. So uh, this is something that looks really familiar to this. Uh, This is also the same uh, location that they filmed My Bloody Valentine, the different shots and stuff. It's the same town that was featured in the Mothman Prophecy. Oh, to... I saw it and I'm like, that's the Brit- that's the bridge from Mothman. I thought that was super super cool. Screenwrite Todd, screenwriter Todd Farmer is actually um, the trucker. He plays the Ooh. trucker in this movie. And uh, they actually thank his wife, Melanie, in the credits for allowing him to uh, appear in this film and get naked. Um, A lot of, yeah. That's respectful. That's nice. (laughs) That is super nice. Um, He's like, you can only do it, but put my name in the credit. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) At least credit me with this. Yeah. Um, When Tom Adkins, who played Sheriff Burke, yells everybody stand down god damn it in the bar mm-hmm. uh in 2011 he reappears in uh patrick lucier's next feature film which is the person who directed this um drive angry with nicholas cage he says the same exact line at the roadblock scene um they just literally use the same <laughs> <laughs> Um, if it works it works yeah right um jensen ackles would go on to wear the same jacket in supernatural makes sense that looks familiar yep the diner used in the movie is an actual diner in the north hills of pittsburgh on babcock boulevard and it's called villance diner um it's an old school breakfast and lunch diner I love, I love diners. Yes. There's just something that hits you different with diner food. Yeah, because it's all like clogging your arteries and tasting so good. Yummy. Um, Sherry Moon Zombie was offered a role in the film, but as she doesn't appear in films that aren't directed by her husband, since she's not a full-time actress, she immediately turned it down. So, respect. I love respect. her respect um i feel like people people forget that like she's she's not an actress she just she acts fun and stuff her husband does like yeah she's a a supportive wife yeah 
And in I mean, you yeah. can't fault her for that. Like if she doesn't want no. to be in other films. I'm sure like, that's probably how she feels she feels comfortable. Yeah. Jamie King also um who plays Sarah, she would later star in another remake of a 80 slasher movie, which was in 2012, which was Silent Night, which is a remake of 1984's Silent Night, Deadly Night. Um and then uh i found something really interesting um the original my bloody valentine was one of a number of holiday horror movies that were made following the success of halloween tom adkins not only appeared in this movie but he appeared iconically in halloween 3 season of the witch betsy rue who um, played Irene, appeared in Halloween 2, which was Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Um, so interesting. Um, throughout the film, the villain tilts his, Harry Warden tilts his head right before or after killing a character. This is a nod to the OG Michael Myers, uh, the villain of the Halloween films, as we know. Um, the original My Bloody Valentine was actually released in 1981, which is the same year Halloween 2 was released. So it was a nod to the fact that Halloween 2 was released in 1981, um, which makes sense. Now I have to like look at people differently when they like tilt their head a certain way, like stay back. Um, again, I, this, I, I called it um, according to IMDb. In this film, Sarah's housekeeper, Rosa, is found burnt inside a dryer, while another scene has Sarah being bombarded by minor gear toppling from the ceiling. Both sequences are recreations from the original 1981 film. So, the more you know... Uh, I know to... by the internet. <laughs> yes, all... Um... <laughs> The website, um, IMDb, where we get this from, we will link it down in the description below. Um, final thoughts about My Bloody Valentine, guys. I love the twist. It makes me not want to celebrate Valentine's Day. <laughs> so I'm going to ask a really... Near deep, mine. <laughs> I'm going to ask a really deep question, okay? okay. Do we feel like they oh, chose God. Valentine's Day... Because of the fact that this was such a trauma-filled, like, event that happened where the the mine, like, being buried alive in a mine, watching people die. Um, I don't know if they say that he's a cannibal in this one or not, but I imagine he had to, like, watch people die. Do you feel like that maybe led to his, like, disassociation from reality where he almost got disgusted by the outpour of love because of the fact that he was just so dissociated as a human being that's why it makes it such a good theme to go along with that because imagine the trauma of being like buried in a mine and then you get out and the first thing that happens after you get out of a coma is people are celebrating love and you know the all the good feelings around you and you're just sit you're literally like stuck there paralyzed with this trauma do you feel like maybe that's what kind of pairs well with this is the fact that he was traumatized 
he wakes up and he sees all this outpour of love and he immediately just wants to lash out. I, I think know. maybe it could have been any day of the week. Yeah, I think that's a real deep dive into it, but I just You think... went there, bro. You went there. Yeah. This is why I avoid relationships like the Black Plague. I don't think it, so first of all, we don't avoid relationships because dr yes, even Dracula Dracula proved to us that even oh. the, the blackest of souls can still well, have guess a what? No, unless it's a cat, I don't want it. And valid a, a kitty cat. And then I stay away from mines because they're fucking creepy. Yeah, I'm not. No, I, yeah, I'm not going in no mines. I'm not doing it. Like. We had to take a brief break, but um, yeah, I just feel like they probably picked Valentine's Day to go with this theme because of the fact that it's super traumatic being murdered on a holiday and being I murdered. I if it would just be traumatic in general if you were murdered on any other day, but. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> More so. <laughs> but I just meant like, imagine. Oh, yeah, Imagine. it's a lot worse on a holiday. Mm -hmm. Yes, I will say that. Yes, it is, and especially well, a holiday you about have love. a reason to kill young teenagers. So, <laughs> and, I think <laughs> I think it's just the whole like fact that like violently cutting somebody's heart out and then sending it to somebody in something so. Early. It's innocuous so as a, a val you know a valentine's day heart like like people ask for chocolate on valentine's day not a bloody heart in their valentine like you don't know what i want yeah you don't know what i want either Cass. uh please don't send me that please <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean, what i want and it's not that unless it's one of those like and, like heart vases that are like the ones that are made to look like hearts that you put the flowers on and stuff those are a vibe but like yeah, if you send a real I like heart mm -mm. I don't no. vibe with that I don't vibe with that man nope nope this is an American horror story we don't eat hearts uh this isn't this isn't Hannibal Lecter like it, it heart does not go good with some fava beans we're not this is not, not Jeffrey my bloody valentine mm-hmm <laughs> Listen, when he, I had to tie it in with the cannibalism because if you watch the first one, like when they get bro out of the the mine, he is literally gnawing on a hand. So, but at the, I have to say, what do you expect him to do? <laughs> yeah, but I, remember, I mean, he was down there, and didn't know when he was ever going to get out. Zane, that's his problem, not mine. Also, they were using it. <laughs> I mean they see, were they weren't they didn't need it no more so which Warcraft podcast we do not condone cannibalism though no <laughs> or severing limbs no I mean, or eating hearts theoretically I'd rather eat but not else, actually but no. figuratively um, yes but yeah theoretically no. so final question which one do you think is the better ending the original where TJ is the person coming back, his girlfriend gets stolen and he ends up being vindicated and being 
the per the hero um and getting his girlfriend back from the killer or the second where axel is the hero not the fuck boy like we all think he is and it's yeah. actually the dissociative personality of tom that has taken on harry warden i like the second one because it left it open to be interpreted by someone else maybe in another 15 or 20 years where they'll remake it and or not remake it but add a legacy sequel to the second one that's a good point that is it left it a nice clean open interpretation for something creative yeah that's crazy yeah I'm just thinking like wouldn't it be crazy if instead of Tom like actually it being like his dissociative personality what if it actually was somebody being Harry Warden and it was actually like his twin like I mean what you really or... don't you see him walk away or mm -hmm. what, you know what I mean and they right. say yeah like they killed him and buried him but what if they really what if they did it what if those that was a bunch of bullshit yeah, I mean, what if what if it ends up being that yes, um, Tom does have a split personality because of the trauma, and he is one of the people that did it. However, or he was, he was only doing part of it, so like he only killed certain people. So like he maybe he killed Megan and the people around Axel because he was trying to get to Sarah. But he didn't kill the other people. It was actually Harry Warden that killed the other people. Hear me and out. What about what if, maybe if Tom's, Tom's dad actually was Harry Warden? Like somehow something happened and he got adopted. Yeah. And to the guy that, to the old, yeah. What if um, Tom was possessed by Harry Warden from Oh, so like a like a so like almost no kind of like Ghost of Mars, almost kind of like Ghost of Mars, like when they yeah. die and it. Yeah, yeah, you know, evil. It's yeah. just it's in the wind. It's so, in the air. So what do love. they say? What did they say, Kylie? The tide is high. And let's so go I. kill some mother. Isn't that what they said in Ghost of Mars? The uh, Ice Cube's character is like the tide is high. Um, oh, I don't remember yesterday. Up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have. Yeah, you have to forgive us. We watch a lot of horror movies at a given point in time, but no, I like all those ideas. It would be crazy to find out that Tom's dad was actually Harry Warden. I was and... expecting that. Yeah, like, yeah. Somehow, Harry had. Um, that's what I originally had thought. And then I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> I guess not. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I think there are so many hidden gems in that time period of like 2000 to 2009. There's so many horror movie sequels and stuff that got pumped in. And it really was kind of one of those periods that like went stagnant for a while because we didn't really have a like revi revitalization until like you know the conjuring series and stuff like they started even though i don't necessarily believe in the story behind the conjuring series what james wan did with like making a franchise out of horror movies again and making it like a caliber of that 
you see that period like post scream to like then where we get a lot of these movies that are like experimental or like you know straight to dvd kinds that maybe didn't get as much love like ghost of mars uh darkness falls dracula 2000 we get a lot of these movies that had a lot of like heavy hitting people maybe not for that time period but then you look back on it and go oh my god there was a he was in a horror movie um but i think didn't we get a lot didn't we get quite a few leprechaun movies during that time I I think that's when they started fizzling out a little bit. Um, I there think, are so many. <laughs> yeah, there really are. I would say definitely check out like that. But but yeah, I would definitely advocate re- going back and rewatching. So, but those are some good ideas. Maybe we will see a in the land of sequels that we get now post COVID. <laughs> uh, maybe we will see a bloody Valentine sequel. Who knows? Um, but to end this, um, continue on to the next episode in our Love Hurts series. If you're watching this on the day that it comes out, wait till next week. Um, we are doing something a little experimental next episode. We have a movie that maybe is not as horror drenched as maybe some of our others. We are going to be covering the 1999 The Mummy, um, which is obviously a remake of the original mummy movie we're all excited because that is a a a film we all grew up in our childhood but Mm -hmm. i would definitely advocate the first mummy movie is very horror themed i used to call the mummy movie the mommy movie that's when it came out i said i want to watch the mommy movie the what oh mommy (laughs) uh there are shirts now because obviously brendan frazier he's goals um that say um the uh the daddy not the mummy or you, you mean the daddy and it's got brandon frazier's face on it um so but no i mean i think it is a great tie-in to our theme and it is an exploration definitely that we're going to talk about more action themed horror movies that i think we get a lot of that people don't realize the undertones are horror so Uh, definitely want to check it out um, and we will see you in the next one so until next time it's me Cassandra and Zane and Kylie and Mary and we are the Horrorcraft Ghoul Crew if you like this episode please check out any past episodes that you missed Um, and as always uh, this will be on YouTube as well yeah stay spooky and check out the youtube version if you're listening to the audio and check out past youtube videos because we get onto some shenanigans that you aren't able to see because you're listening to it so um until next time have a good bloody loved filmed love filmed love <laughs> themed night so until next time bye and stay bye. spooky Thank <laughs> you.